the more that I lent into who I was, became who I was, the more people I felt courageously opened up to be that themselves as well. It doesn't have to be pink hair. I mean, I'm just crazy enough to do that. And (laughs) that's probably my Danish Viking warrior blood. We're, We're pretty wild. But really, belief in yourself takes time. Having good people around you that pick you up and build you up. Um, I definitely am the first person to say I can be really horrible to myself. And I guess when you say those things aloud and other people tell you that it's not a nice way to speak to yourself. So having good people in your corner, but be that good person to other people for that reason. Compliment people every single time you see something beautiful about someone. Welcome to the Self-Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self-Love Podcast. This week, we have a beautiful soul, the gorgeous Amy Bennett. This amazing woman is passionate and proud. She is a local who is committed to assisting her clients in the Sunshine Coast community with all of their real estate needs. A vital part of the team for over six years, Amy has held various positions, including operations and marketing manager, and she also plays an instrumental role in establishing the Community Give Back Program, which to Amy's credit, has contributed to over 200 local charities. Professional, hardworking and caring, she prides herself on telling the story of her clients' properties and the benefits of a Sunshine Coast lifestyle through curated campaigns that include advancements in technology that provide a seamless sales process for buyers. As you'll hear in this podcast, this isn't just about being a real estate agent or a salesperson. Amy is committed, vivacious, energetic, astute. She's well-researched. This beautiful soul has a high attention to detail. I would call her a passionate marketing genius. She's professional. She's exceedingly helpful. She has a cheerful nature. And quite frankly, she is one of the most hospitable and friendliest and serving, is that the right word, serving person you will ever come across. Now, she does specialize here on the Sunshine Coast in the Kiwana Island area, but she also believes in keeping the real in real estate. She provides a six-star service and ensures her clients are supported throughout their property journey. This is for those of you that may be considering a little visit to the sunny coast, maybe even moving to the Sunshine Coast, or for those of you here who are local looking for someone you can truly trust and look up to. I love Amy Bennett. Her pink hair and tattoos make her an individual. She has learned so much about herself, her ability to love and care for herself, and in turn be the ripple effect that literally changes lives and makes dreams come true. I cannot wait to share her with you this week. And I particularly love the fact that she loves to use her 28 oils with all of her clients and even her teammates, her workmates. And one of her favorites, which we both spritzed with prior to today's interview, is Courage and Confidence. Enjoy today's show. Thank you very much to the Wellness Couch and also to the sponsor of the show, 28 Essentials. I really look forward to your comments and feedback. You can follow me on Instagram, Kim Morrison 28, my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or you can head on over to Podbean, where you will find this beautiful podcast sitting there and across all the other platforms. Also head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, for your five-star ratings, for your messages and all of your support. It means the world. Take care, be kind. Well, what an absolute treat. This week, I have not only someone who I obviously look up to and admire, but also someone who I've seen grow and come into her own amazing power over these last few years. It is an absolute honor and privilege to welcome you to the Self-Love Podcast, gorgeous Amy Bennett. Thank you, Miss Kim. Very exciting. Such an honor for me as well. 
Well, you know, we've we've known each other a number of years. We're both sunny coasters. I have watched you come through so many things. You have climbed mountains. You've overcome hurdles. You just keep showing up. And one of your greatest attributes, in my humble opinion, is your desire to serve and support others. And before we get into that, just so that if anyone would love to know a little bit more about you, perhaps you could just give us a background as to maybe how you ended up or if you're on the coast or why you got into the work that you're doing. Give us a little bit of a brief background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So very rare to be a Sunshine Coast local, born and bred. Um, So I was born in Nambour Hospital and my beautiful mum took me home to a pink house Um, in the beautiful hinterland town of Beerwall. And I stayed there for nearly 21 years. um, And what a beautiful um, environment to live in, but also a beautiful grounding home. Um, So yeah, 21 years um, with this beautiful upbringing and in really entrenched in the community. Um, So my mum, who is an absolute superstar, was really involved in the community And I learned from her the importance of giving back. So I saw her as a single mum since I was four, working two jobs, six days a week, tending to the home. I always sort of share this story, but I remember mum, you know, cleaning out our own grease trap um, because she couldn't afford to have someone to do it. But what an admiration and somebody to look to inspire to be. Um, So my mum didn't let me use the word, I I can hardly sometimes say it aloud, but I wasn't allowed to say I was bored. Um, And if I was, there was always a job to be done. So a chicken pen to empty out or a veggie garden to turn over. So hard work, um, I learned um, as a necessity, but also um, from seeing my mum doing that. Um, but the community was where she really thrived. Um, so growing up, I would take minutes at meetings. I would deliver neighbourhood watch flyers. Um, we would um, fundraise for the pool, for a flexi school, for defibrillators in ambulances. Um, so safe to say that's where um, I, I guess, you know, who I am um, out of being um, came from. Well, I think our parents have a lot to be admired for. And even those perhaps that don't have the privilege of a beautiful upbringing like that, we know we can learn from our parents, maybe if not how to be, but how not to be. So how privileged were you to have such an idyllic upbringing? And for absolute sure, someone to be a born and bred sunny coaster, you have therefore seen a heck of a lot of change in all of those years. Um, Perhaps you could just explain to us what you think has been the magic of the sunny coast. What is the thing? People reckon there's something in the water up here. Talk to us a little bit about your view as a a local. Yeah, I think it's a great um, question because I guess the irony is now that I am selling that sunshine um, in my role as a real estate agent um, here on the coast. But I think to understand the magic, um, you have to move away if you're born and bred. So um, I um, sought the cosmopolitan lights of the city and the music scene I um, I love. And I moved to Brisbane for four years and Melbourne for two years. And I learned really quickly in those six years that what I missed was community. It was looking after your neighbour. It was knowing your neighbour. It was smiles on the street. It was opening your heart to helping people, knowing everybody at the supermarket. And whilst they were things that I thought I didn't want, I wanted the, you know, being anonymous in a big city. It was actually the thing I craved most. And I remember, you know, just being in Melbourne and needing like, say, a cup of sugar. And it sounds really silly, but it was what it represented Um, And the irony is yesterday I just borrowed three quarters of a cup of milk from my neighbour, you know, to to finish finish cooking. And really that was the heart and soul of what I grew up um, in, but I didn't realise how lucky it was. I guess what I learned as well is that that doesn't happen unless you do it yourself, Kim. So I, in that sort of cityscape, I guess I assumed that my neighbour would knock on the door, introduce themselves, but I realised um, that you have to be courageous in in building a community um, and by giving to other people. That's a really interesting point because most of us think that the world is doing things to us rather than appreciating that it's actually for us. And in that light of being someone who is so courageous in her boldnessity, 
I know that's a new word. I love but, it. <laughs> but in that courage that it's taken mm. for you to form that, and I guess for you a part of it is natural, mm. what would be your tip to the listener on how to build more courage, more confidence, and actually step into that truth, realizing perhaps it's not as scary as we think it is? Oh, great question. Um, so I guess we've got not got video recording, but I'm sure everybody will see my pink hair and have quite a few tattoos. And I guess for me, um, it's it's beyond that. And I guess that's a, a physical representation of who I am. But I think if I didn't have those things and if I met someone that didn't see me, they would hopefully feel the courage I have. It's definitely a learnt behaviour. Um, but I had a head start by being around people that were courageous, um, you know, and we're going to obviously focus on self-love. You know, I grew up in an environment where I never heard my mum say one bad thing about her body, not one ever. She was, you know, always confident in her own skin. Um, and I guess in times when I wasn't, um, I feared what people would say. And I guess the truth was it didn't happen. I used to have narratives. I used to probably weigh you know, maybe 40 kilos more than I am now. And in my mind, I thought people would say something or I would have a retort for what they would say. And it never actually happened, Kim, because what I realized is people were dealing with their own concerns, insecurities. And the more that I lent into who I was, became who I was, the more people I felt courageously opened up to be that themselves as well. It doesn't have to be pink hair. I mean, I'm just crazy enough to do that. And <laughs> that's probably my Danish Viking warrior blood. We're, we're pretty wild. But really, belief in yourself takes time. Having good people around you that pick you up and build you up. Um, I definitely am the first person to say I can be really horrible to myself. And I guess when you say those things aloud and other people tell you that it's not a nice way to speak to yourself, so having good people in your corner, but be that good person to other people for that reason. Compliment people every single time you see something beautiful about someone. Um, and I know, Kim, this is something that, you know, when whenever I think of you, I just think of this mo most warm, beautiful hug and we don't even need to be together. Um, it's all we can hope to be as people on this planet. So true. It's funny you should say that. I've, I've been known to walk up to someone on the street and just say, you look amazing. Wow. Or when I was out running one day, this woman was running towards me and she just had the best legs and I just had to stop her. I put my hand up and she was like, sorry, what? She had music in her ears. And I said, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just need you to know you have got the best legs. And she went, oh, you've just made my day. And I just thought it was so much fun to do that. And yeah. it's really nice to honor people. That is one of your greatest gifts. You are very complimentary and it's genuine. What would you say is the easiest way to do that? Even in the courageness, that's a new word too, <laughs> the, the, the courageousness of being yeah. someone who can actually be bold enough to say those things. Yeah, just don't think about it. Just do it. Um, fear holds us back. You know, I everybody has fear. There's no doubt about it. And the biggest way I overcame that was I jumped out of a plane because it was the scariest thing in the whole world I could ever imagine doing. And then I just have that as my benchmark now. Um, I definitely just think if, if you think something, say it, you know, we all muck up our words. We all make new words up. I love that. Um, and, you know, often the truth of the things we fear, like I said, aren't even there. So, yeah, don't hold back. Just say nice things to people and do good things. You mentioned before that you were 40 kilos heavier, that there has been challenges with being away from the sunny coast. Would you mind talking us through some of your challenges then? And more importantly, how has Amy Bennett overcome those challenges? Yeah, great question. I mean, I honestly could probably write a book. Um, as with every one of your listeners, I'm sure, you know, we all have our little suitcase that we carry along or backpack or for me, you know, 40 kilos of hiding from emotion. I, I guess what I would share and what I'm learning and still got a long time to learn is that what I thought I needed and what I have now done are two different things. And what I mean by that is I thought that people only liked the optimistic, positive, happy, smiling Amy. Um, but I realized what that meant was I wasn't being true to myself and I was uh, not experiencing all um, emotions and things correctly. 
Um, so it's been really wonderful to be able to sit in sadness, um, to be able to feel depressed, anxious, and, and be okay with that. Um, and I think now that I'm really tuning into myself and not suppressing or eating those things away and, and creating, I, I guess, happiness out of um, horrible situations. So like I said, I mean, you know, no one gets to where they are without a, a journey. I genuinely believe that. Um, I think being optimistic and always looking for a silver lining is not a bad thing. Um, I definitely prescribe to um, the fact that there can be a bit of a toxic positivity mindset. And I'm really grateful that that's now becoming discussed because, we do think that we have to be a certain thing or our friends won't like us if we're not, you know, happy and smiling all the time. So I guess probably for me, it was actually just being true to whatever I was feeling and then allowing a space for other people to do that as well, rather than, I guess I I, I know looking back, I was very much like, oh, things could be worse, you know, all of those things, you know, there's always someone worse or, you know, let's, you know, today's a new day and, you know, while those things work for me, I do understand now that it's important to sit in those moments. All right. I want to go back then before you meet your gorgeous husband yes, and the playfulness and all of those things prior to meeting him. How did you put yourself into a space to be ready for that relationship? Because you were going through quite a few challenges back then, if I recall mm. rightly. Yeah. And I was just, when you met that beautiful soul, it was like two kindred spirits coming together. Just tell us a little that beautiful love journey, because I know that that will inspire others. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> wow. And that's how special it is. It's worth the wait. So, um, oh gosh, maybe 20 years ago, I first laid eyes on my beautiful now husband, DB, um, definitely not in a position to ever even speak to him because of where I was at. And that was not a reflection of him, but I guess, you know, how little I valued myself. Um, coincidentally, over the next, gosh, 10 years, maybe 15 years, our lives would would pass and cross and, you know, he'd pop up in various um, places and, yeah, it was amazing. Um, so fast forward to um, me finding myself, and it's probably a really important thing, Kim, um, probably referring to I found myself at 29 and, you um, Definitely where I didn't expect, you know, I do think I'm a good person, you know, I, I'm intelligent, I've I've got a lot of stuff going to for me and I felt like I was just a big loser at that stage. So I'd had to give up um, the home I was in. I moved into a bedroom with my beautiful cousin who kindly let me live there. Um, yeah, as I said, I, I wasn't, very, you know, particularly healthy. I was single, just not in a great place. Um, and I definitely wasn't um, going to be a good partner. I went to Borneo with my mum for my 30th birthday, and it was a really profound moment where I realised that I had everything um, available to me and that if I was in the middle of the jungle and these people were so happy um, and would only dream to have what I had, that I needed to make a change. Um, so I focused on being by myself. I focused on um, being debt-free. Um, so unfortunately, I had inherited some um, debt from a previous relationship where I'd also given all of my heart and soul to uh, my partner at the time, um, a beautiful soul um, who unfortunately I couldn't rescue um, but thought that I could. So I'd lost a lot of who I was. Um, and I guess in that rebuild stage, I definitely set boundaries around what I was looking for, Kim. So I was actually really at peace being single, um, was taking myself out on dates, um, and I, I really wasn't expecting or needing to meet someone. So when Daniel popped back up on Instagram and liked a photo I was in and we had really lovely, like he said, playful banter and hung out for a couple of months, the poor thing, I said to him, I, I'll never get married and I did have a wedding planning business and I didn't have guys as friends and I wasn't looking for a boyfriend and talk about putting all the walls up and um, and he kept bashing them down. So um, definitely I, I had a wish list. Um, I had a non-negotiable list and I definitely recommend that. Um, but what Daniel brought to our marriage now is things I didn't even know I needed. And that's what I love. He held a mirror up to me and I realized, holy moly, there is so much more to learn. 
Um, and what a gift that is. So, yeah, the most beautiful man, um, you know, we have a beautiful relationship. It's unperfectly perfect, which I love, and we're really honest about that. Um, we could win awards for the fights we have, um, but we always sit down and talk through um, and we're always united in where we want to go. Yeah, he's a beautiful soul and I love seeing the pictures of you two together. It's pretty gorgeous. I want to talk to you. You mentioned before that you had a wedding uh, planning business and obviously you were in the 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 field of love. Did that play a part on you? Were you playing out your dreams through other marriages? Like what how did that work with you being in that single space? Or was it through the time when you were with Daniel? Oh, it's such a cute story. I actually used to love a show on Channel 9 when I was a small kid. It was called Weddings, Weddings, something like that. And I remember I took the book out from the library. I would have been maybe seven or eight. And I was fascinated by it and I never returned it. Um, and I, I remember, I think I was like, it's lost. But um, it had always been my dream job. I've always loved love. Um, and I guess I, um, I had two people detract me from the industry. And I guess, again, it's a really great story where people said, you'll only work with bridezillas and you'll always work on Saturdays. And how powerful words can be, good and bad, because it then took me I think I would have been, yeah, late 20s. So 20 years on, I decided that I would do it. Um, just as a side hustle, I did it when I worked for the Calandra Chamber of Commerce um, and I absolutely adored it. Um, and it was in a um, a wedding I was um, facilitating that I saw the magic between the bride and groom and I just reconnected with Daniel and I thought, oh, I think this is going to be it. Um, but, yeah, I, I absolutely had no plans to get married ever. Um, so yeah, it was very interesting. So how then did you end up marrying with Daniel? How did he convince you that that was the right thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that we, we're so non-traditional. So I love that. So Daniel was in hospital. It was, um, a private hospital, um, and not being married. I was unfortunately not able to be his next of kin. So we had a very, I guess, quick discussion. Um, unfortunately, he'd had quite a bit of morphine. So <laughs> the joke is that maybe I did the convincing. Um, I asked him what he thought about it. Um, he said yes. And I thought I would check the next day to see if it was uh, the anesthetic and morphine speaking. But he said no straight away. And thankfully being, um, I guess, having a wedding coordination business by that day, the whole thing was organized and it actually moved really quickly. Um, once we kind of, you know, let our guards down. The really interesting thing, isn't it? And also, I think what I'm hearing in the subtext here is the art of leaning into who you are, but also the art of surrendering to something you can't even control. I think that's a really funny thing. Most of us think we're in control of our lives. And I'm wondering from your perspective, especially in the work that you do and being a community person and someone who's worked in the different chambers and all the stuff that you give, looking at humanity as a whole, how would you see the benefits of leaning into life and surrendering to and trusting your instincts? Because the one other thing you said just before is it's not going to happen if you don't participate. What's your key learnings and all of that? Yeah, such a good, um, such a good conversation because I just was speaking to somebody recently about it and I didn't realize that not everybody thinks that way. So, and what I mean by that is my whole, this is very woo and I love being woo. But for me, I'm very much at peace that my whole life is as it should be and already charted ahead. So, yes, I can definitely contribute and um, make it even better. Um, but what that does is it gives me a really sense of peacefulness and calm at every moment. So, yes, things happen, shocking things, unexpected moments. And I guess it allows me to be equipped to know that things do move forward, that life goes on. Um, and prepares me to support other people that potentially aren't able to do that. Leaning in, absolutely. You know, the, there's nothing that happens in life by accident. Um, I believe that's that's kind of always been my ethos. That's I've learned that from, you know, all of the most inspiring people around me. Um, and so I, I guess being able to operate without the highs and lows, I'm far more 
consistent nowadays. I I would say I definitely used to be quite manic um, in reacting to things. Um, So definitely just enjoying the ebbs and flows in life. Certainly in the industry I'm in now, you're dealing with people's most precious asset, generally at their most difficult time. And that generally involves financial pressure, emotional pressure, relationship pressure. So you really need to be rock solid. Um, And and I guess I've always kind of, you know, seen myself as a bit of a, a captain of the ship. And that's why the wedding planning worked really well, because I was always always able to be that stable, strong person that people turn to. Um, and it's the same in what I do now. You know, there's nothing that I can't overcome or find people to help my clients to overcome. Um, and, and that's it's kind of how I live life. And, yes, definitely shocks and surprises come, but I think it's in the moment of how you bounce back and, and you just knowing that, I, well, you're going to ask me a quote, but another one I love is all will be well. Um, it's, it's tattooed on my arm. It's absolutely an anchor point of what I have. Mm, I love it. All will be well. It reminds me too of one that I always say, which is this too shall pass. Yes. And that's the good and not so good. Life's full of dichotomies, highs and lows, different polarities. And I think embracing that rather than being fearful of it, or just constantly seeking pleasure as opposed to riding through the pain, perhaps is causing so much conflict for so many people within because we see the social media, the beautiful positive stories, and I'm all for people sharing all Mm. the positives. But I think we forget that those people also go through tough times. What would you say then from a social media perspective, being a young woman, someone who's in the home property industry, real estate, what do you think social media is doing to the impact of our mental and emotional well-being? Is it positive and is there any negatives? Yeah, well, look, I th- look, there's absolutely negatives. I think absolutely. I kind of, it's interesting, like I'm, I'm nearly 38, but I feel like an old soul. And I think back to when I was a teenager and I worked in a pharmacy and we'd finish at 12 o'clock and in a beautiful country town I worked in and everyone got all of their shopping done. And then that was kind of family time and shops weren't open till Monday. I don't know if it's just social media, Kim, or it's just this accessibility of everything. Um, So it's, I love the ability, you know, I think this switching off and being able to, you know, have that break. Um, We don't need to know everybody's business. And I think that's really hard as well. I mean, we can go, you know, from hearing somebody's tragedy overseas to our neighbours and everything like that. And and I don't know that we're equipped to take on all of that. Um, So definitely to your point about, I think, this expectations of social media. Um, But I think it's about applying your own lens to it. And I think that is really difficult to do without good people around you. So I, you know, I joked to someone this morning, I'm barely off social media because it's a huge part of my business, but who I am as a person, because it's allowed me to be able to connect with so many people and to provide positive change through that means. Um, Certainly from a business perspective as well, and also to get professional development, but also for my business growth. But definitely, I believe, you know, I know myself, like it's very hard to hit the off switch. Um, And I think, you know, it's really about curating what social media you're um, taking on, I think is really important. So yes, it can definitely be positive. I mean, you and I have a lot of shared connections who bring nothing but joy and positivity to our newsfeed. Um, So really, it's just about choosing what you allow um, and maybe finding mediums that connect with you. I mean, I get different information from each um, platform depending on what I'm looking for. I love it because I think that's the real thing. Once again, your key message here is it comes from within. It's your responsibility as to what you do or how you choose to live your life. I want us now to go forward then. What was before or was there anything between the wedding planning and then moving into real estate? Can you talk us through that beautiful journey? Because my gosh, what a beautiful transition and who you are in this industry is profound. So love to hear that and make sure you give your beautiful company a plug. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So um, quick journey. So pre-wedding planning. So 14 to 25 was pharmaceutical industry. Um, And that was actually community pharmacy. And that was beautiful because it was about being of service and helping people. 
Um, and back then, um, the community, uh, sorry, pharmacy really was the heart of the community. So we were the photographics lab, the gift gift uh, destination, makeup, um, vitamins, everything. Um, so it was a really amazing place to be a part of, especially for a sticky beak like me. Um, and Chatterbox. Um, and then I moved into corporate pharmaceuticals, um, which um, didn't align with who I was. So I came back to the coast, um, was fortunate to have a position at the Calandra Chamber of Commerce um, for five years. And that was incredible because we took the membership base from, say, 200 to about 850 um, when I left. Um, that was a phenomenal um ability to give back to the community that gave me so much to connect with amazing people. So 850 businesses times sort of five to 20 staff is a lot of incredible people. Um, And then I had a knock um, that became a louder knock and it, it took about a year Um, I'd had a really negative experience personally with real estate. Um, I had no um, synergy, I felt, with an industry um, that didn't align with my values. Um, And then along came David and Jody Headley-Ward. And, yeah, look, they have a McGrath franchise. I was fortunate to have John McGrath um, say yes to a guest speaking role um, when I was at the chamber. Um, And he really solidified my decision. So um, a company founded in 1988 by a beautiful heart-led human being um, with integrity um, at his absolute core. Um, And that definitely filters down. So I, after a year, um, I said yes, and we we kind of created a role um, with the office um, in Caloundra. So I was there for four years as operations and marketing manager moved into business development and then jumped out of the plane and then took the step into sales. What would you say is the most magical part of being in the real estate industry? Being the change, definitely. Yeah. In what way? Every way, I would say. Being being able to change people's perception I mean, there's just something in me and, and I guess there's that tenacity and drive that just says you think that about us as a whole and, look, there's no such thing as a coincidence because that's been my journey, you know, as a female in very high pharmaceutical roles as a tattooed pink-haired girl. Um, it's just really about doing good in an industry that isn't renowned for it, um, surprising and delighting clients, changing people's perceptions, helping them through a difficult time. I mean, it, it wouldn't matter what my job title was if I was doing that, um, that. That's who I am as a person. So what a beautiful thing when it is the most difficult time um, to be able to give them all of that magic that they deserve. It shouldn't be a traditional experience. There's absolutely core attributes that as a real estate agent you need, and I certainly possess those, but you can definitely provide your unique way of doing things um, in this industry. How has real estate uh, shaped you as a human? I mean, when you look back at the chamber, obviously you help to contribute and offer a connection community-based business, but now you really are offering someone it's not just about buying or selling a home. These are people's lives, dreams, um, their absolute core values can be wrapped up in the idea of property. So how has it shaped you as a human? Oh, big question. And it's a big responsibility. And I think it deserves that. Um, for me, it's always about how I can help other people. So there's obviously always a continuing message with that. Um If I can help people, I guess, and this is where it comes at the core, and it's not a dissimilar story with a lot of people I admire within our industry. Having seen my mum pay off a mortgage when I was 17, oh, here we go again. (laughs) I get so proud thinking of that time when my mum said that's the last payment of my mortgage as a single woman against all odds in a low paying role to have done that herself is the most incredible observation. And I think now being able to realize those dreams for myself by educating and supporting people to believe they can do it 
um, and putting them in touch with the right people that can set them up for their future is just such an immense honour. One of the things that I had the privilege with Jody, um, she sold my last property and I honestly don't know how I would have got through that. It was so stressful prior to COVID. And what I love about you and her and the people that you guys put me in touch with was where I went into a flap and absolutely panicked. And I'm not normally someone to do that unless I feel myself really pushed. I felt in a corner, trapped, didn't know where to go, thought I'd made the biggest mistake of my life. And I will never forget a text from you saying, congratulations, this is amazing. And I was thinking, (laughs) I'm in panic mode. But then Jody, I remember texting her going, I think I've made a mistake. Can I back out? Can I back out? And she just rang me not to say, it's okay, everything will be fine. She goes, I, I want to introduce you to someone. He'll help you sort it out. That beautiful human, Colin, has been the most amazing soul in my journey as far as creating and developing more property and being able to actually live my dreams. You guys are really problem solvers. You not only provide a dream for us, but you also solve any problem or wall or block that we internally or emotionally or intellectually may possess. Is that a joy for you to witness when you see people actually realize not only their own potential, but the possibility of the dream that they were holding on to come true? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's why I work 24-7, Kim. Um, yeah, it's again, it's it's my heart and soul's work. So again, no such coincidence that at 14, I took a role in community pharmacy. I had someone stand on the other side of the counter, present a problem. I gave them a solution and it continues to this day. But funnily enough, my training in pharmacy was this amazing, uh, I have this incredible mentor, Karen Hanna, and she taught me the phrase I'm going to share with you later. But we use this analogy before, during, after, or under, over, off. And what that is, is is about when you get to a, a crisis or a health moment, what could you have done before to prevent to where you are? And what can you do after to prevent this from reoccurring? So perfect example, a cold. So before a cold, we would say, these are the things that you could take. This is the things now, and this is afterwards. And I guess that just stayed with me in everything I do um, in life. So I am a little bit guilty within my beautiful sphere of people of offering advice when not asked. Um, But I think it comes from a place of wanting to help people get to what they see as their destination. And I think, honestly, navigating property, I guess that comes with tax implications, super, all of those different things. It's too much for one person to be able to navigate. I mean, I speak this every day for the last six years and there's still so much to learn. So absolutely to your point of people like Colin Mason from Mason Finance Group, who is on my speed dial. Underneath my mum, my my beautiful husband, Dave and Jody, is Colin after that because you need trusted professionals in business. And this is serious business with what we do. This is life-changing, good and bad. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I always wish to portray um, is that, yes, we can have fun. Yes, it can be a joy to do. But I am a professional and I definitely need to possess a very strong business acumen to be able to do what I do. And I think that's probably something that maybe is a secondary um, component of who I am, um, but it is really important. And like you said about leaning in, Kim, you have to do the work behind the scenes in whatever element that is to have success. I mean, you wouldn't do your ultra marathons from, uh, from bed without practicing and it's anything in life. And The injustice we have as an industry is we make it look easy. Um, And one of the things that I am determined to do is be honest about what happens behind the scenes um, with regards to our industry, good, bad, um, but really just about demonstrating the difference between having a professional uh, in that um, stage of your life. Thank you so much for that clarity. And I think the true thing that I'm getting out of this is that there is no just good and there is no just bad. It just is. 
And if we can navigate that with the best tools, support team and attitude and perspective, then you're onto a winner no matter what. But what you're very good at many things. What is Amy Bennett not good at? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> oh, shit. Stopping. <laughs> oh, my God. My husband would say stopping. Oh, my gosh. It's And I blame mum because guess what? I was never allowed to be bored. Um, that's a very learnt thing for me. So my ideal, like, stop, Kim, honestly, is my pyjamas on my couch with my husband and my two pugs reading trash magazines. Like, sign me up to that. Um, put my phone away. Stopping is definitely it. One other thing, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, I was in New York with DB on our honeymoon and I'd had this just dream as every girl does to ice skate in Rockefeller Square or whatever it's called. Anyway, we got there and um, Daniel had told me he was amazing at ice skating. He's pretty amazing at everything. Anyway, I convinced him that we would do it and I didn't realise his hesitation until I went to put my skate on the ice rink and was terrified because I'd never done it. I guess I had a perception and I backed out Um, and then he just nailed it. And I hated him for it because I was like, damn it, you're so good at this and I suck. And I failed. I did so bad at it. I was terrified. He said it was the best thing in the world, seeing me struggle with something. And then he admitted to me that he'd never ice skated before either. (laughs) So that was a funny moment. We love that story. Oh, there's lots of things I'm not good at, Kim, but I just focus on the good stuff. Yeah, I think I'm a bit the same. Someone told me once, you're a very Pollyanna and it, sometimes you need to lift your rose-tinted glasses. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, I don't want to. I like my rose-tinted glasses, yeah. thank you. And I'll I was thinking, you, pink. yeah, I was just going to say, your pink hair is a reminder of that daily. For someone who then doesn't stop perhaps as much as she should, what do you do for self-care? How do you look after yourself? Because you cannot keep pushing at that level before, during and after, I'm just thinking back to your care as a pharmacy assistant, what would you say you do? How do you look after you? Yeah, awesome question. And it's so important. And it's only some, it's taught, I believe. And it's interesting because you're a really good inspiration for this, Kim, because so many times I've heard you speak and you talk about nourishing your body and using beautiful um, rituals. And it's interesting because when I do, you know, I like, it's funny, it's it's a Sunday thing for me, but, you know, I like to do a body scrub or something like that. And I often think of you because I don't take the time to stop. And and this Sunday, funnily, I use moisturizer and did hand cream. Um, But the reality is I've always kind of neglected myself. um, And I use this really interesting analogy. This is really embarrassing, but I don't even charge my electric toothbrush sometimes. And it was a really interesting observation that I had where I was like, if I'm not doing that, like, and that's just like plug it in, why am I not doing it? And it made me realize maybe I wasn't giving myself this self-worth or anything I needed to do, but you're exactly right. If you don't, your body tells you. So I've I've ridden the journey. I've had the glandular fever, the this, the that, and everything like that. Um, and that is very much a journey of um, if you don't stop, your body will stop. Um, so I just non-negotiable is saying no. I'm a lot better at it now. If I don't have it in the tank, I can't give it. Um, and I think that's that's this real struggle that women are having now. And I hate this exhaustion as a badge of honour. Like I feel like that's my middle name at the moment, that we cannot be everything to everybody. Sometimes people can and good on them, but I think it's okay. You can't be 100% at everything. So I know in my wheel of life, when I'm focusing on one thing, sometimes other things have to um, take a back seat, but it's never my health. So for me now, it's regular massages. It's putting my feet on the grass or in the sand it's spending an hour, two hours with my husband, eye to eye, with our two dogs in our front yard chatting every afternoon. Um, so for me, self-care is probably um, definitely just stopping, um, letting my brain slow down, 
being off my phone. Sometimes it's just trash TV. Like I love ridiculous reality TV. I love trashy magazines because it's such a good escapism Um, and just anything that can take my mind off everything else spinning. Well, you're certainly speaking my language and I love the fact that I've played a little part in your journey. And this really is, you know, to me, self-care is an act of self-love. And being the self-love podcast, I'm always curious as to what my beautiful guest really does use as a definition. How would you describe self-love? That's, oh, I don't even have the words because it's such a big question. It's so powerful. And I just want everybody to love themselves. I just said to my mom this morning, I'm so grateful at 37 to be happy with who I am. Like, so I know, and I know so many of your beautiful listeners are probably thinking, oh, but yeah, this part and that and everything. I just think we've only got one chance, Kim. Like everything we have, other people would envy. Um, So I think self-love is being fair to yourself, like give yourself a break, like shit to get to where you've got to. Like I say, you've been through so much. Self-love is just looking in the mirror and saying, hey, you know what? You're okay. We've got this. And yeah, it's, it's hard to get to. I know. I know it's really hard. And that's why I feel such responsibility in saying the question. But I think at 37, being able to say I love myself is a gift Um, And it's important that I share that, that anyone can have that. And and please work towards that. Listen to podcasts like this. Do research, you know, turn off your own negative self-talk and just get to the stage where one day you can look at yourself in the mirror and be proud. Yeah, it's funny because if you look at a little seven, eight-year-old girl, they completely love who they are. They see themselves as queens or princesses no matter how full on or challenging their life is, that beautiful innocence around that six, seven, eight is just stunning. And I just, I really appreciate that because it is a journey. It's not just, I love myself. We have to battle those internal demons, those voices, those questions, those doubts, those fears, but it is a constant work in progress. I think your key there, if I am, please tell me if I'm wrong, it's about taking action then. You can't just sit there and love yourself. You must do things. So is that your advice? Listen to good podcasts, read, research, um, even do your trashy magazine days, trashy TV days. But is it, I, I'm hearing from you, all of this is with mindfulness. It's not mm-hmm. just um, navigating through, you know, just sort of slapping things here, there and everywhere. There's actually a real intent and mindfulness. Would that be fair to say? I think that's really important. Yeah, Kim, I think nothing happens by accident and definitely it's about taking control. I think think when you do and you decide what you want to focus on, um, so I have always been an eternal learner (laughs) Um, and I don't know, I've always had a quest for knowledge and learning how things work and why the way people think. Um, But I guess I've started to do that on myself and I think when you come to realization that you're probably not as perfect as you think you are, that was a pivotal change for me where I went, okay, actually I could learn to be a better person every day. Um, And being okay that, you know, some days aren't your best days or you could have handled something different. Um, But definitely always um, when I choose to do something, yes, definitely it's with intent. So again, with social media, Um, If I'm using that um, to share a message, there is always a reason and I guess a message I'm wanting to share. Equally so if there, and there's, I think there's two different things when you, when we talk about like reality TV or reading a novel for escapism and then that quest to learn. So for me, I'm normally, um, so if I'm doing uh, letterbox dropping, I will always intentionally listen to people that I'm inspired by from a business mindset. So it can be 31 degrees and, you know, um, in our Queensland humidity in the middle of the day and I, you know, have blisters and I'm dropping 200 mail cards. But if I'm listening to someone like Gary V and he is talking about what he's overcome, I'm just really inspired. And I think it's just that continual uplift. Um, and, you know, no one's ever learned something and not been enriched by it. Um, so I know everyone's not, a su- like I'm a super nerd and I love that about myself. I 
I love Scrabble, Wordle. Like I, I just love being analytical um, and learning. But I guess that's kind of, I guess I want to fast track knowledge. I don't want to get to, you know, 70, 80, 90 if I'm, you know, lucky enough to do and feel like there was anything more I could have learned or I, I should have learned at a younger age. Knowing who you are, knowing how many beautiful people you're in connection with, knowing there's a lot of people that you've mentioned that you look up to. If there was three people, I'm throwing something at you. If there was three people you could have dinner with, living or dead, who would you want to have a meal with? My beautiful grandparents, Kim. They just were the most amazing two human beings. Um, Ironically, they separated in their 70s, which was hilarious. Um, but both a huge influence. I'd love to have a dinner. I'd love to cook for them, to thank them for what they did. Um, and then probably the other person would be my biological father because um, we never really had um, much opportunity to spend time together. Um, so, yeah, that would be interesting to hear his life narrative um, and I guess catch him up on where I'm at. How beautiful. Yeah, I've, one thing I'd love to just compliment you on here publicly is we're in a number of different groups together, business groups or connection groups that we've both been fortunate enough to attend. And whenever there's a call for help or someone needs something for someone, Amy Bennett is always the first person to put her hand up or out. What is that about you? What well, like, I know it's about your community and that spirit, but there is a driving force in behind that. Can you expose that for us? Yeah, absolutely. It's having nothing um, and people doing it for us. Um, You know, I always tell this story. I spoke for the Salvation Army a little while ago and I remember mum would, you know, put these hampers together and pick a family out of the um, newspaper uh, every year for Christmas. And I remember you know, we would give these hampers out and I thought, shit, mom, we probably need that. Um, but we had an incredible community around us and, and my mom would never have asked for help, but she got help because she was a good person. So, you know, I had beautiful people that would look after me and in, in the holidays and everything like that. It's, a, it's our duty, Kim, honestly, like they're saying the standard that you walk past is the standard that you accept. I just hope that, you know, one day, or and I know, you know, I had a really horrific fall down a flight of stairs about a year ago and the number of visitors to my door and office for help was really beautiful. And you don't do it for that, but you just hope that every single person on this planet has somebody that will help them in their time of need. I remember, or I think personally for myself, every year on my birthday, I'm, I never think about it until the day. And it was this year on my 55th birthday, someone wrote the comment, oh my gosh, Kim, wait for the, um, the barrage. And I didn't quite know what he meant, but there would have been 500 plus messages on Instagram, Facebook, and Messenger. And every one of them, in my humble opinion, was really, oh, it just blew my mind. It's those unexpected moments of reciprocity that comes back at you that fuel, well, it fueled me. Is that how you feel knowing those people came to visit you? But more importantly, I don't get the impression that you do it for that, of course, but what is that soul connection? What I'm trying to get to that spiritual side of it with you because it goes beyond the physical helping. What is it from your perspective? Yeah, it's amazing that you say that about when it comes back because, yeah, it's always a shock for me and it's always exciting and and delightful and definitely I think it's such a shock because it's never the intention. It's a flow-on effect and for me it's just that continuing. So if I do something for you, please, when you're able to, continue and do that on. I just think there is such a collective powerfulness of kindness I don't know where it comes from, like maybe seeing people that aren't kind and thinking like that's a shitty way to be. Um, I don't know, Kim, it's just who I am. It's in my DNA, you know, like my beautiful mother walks this earth and she that 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 is who she is, heart and soul, um, with a strength um, and tenacity. But 
yeah, I, I, that's just who I am. I, I, you know, I wish somebody, you know, if one of your beautiful listeners can bottle it up and put it in a sentence, that would help me. Um, it's just who I am and I just feel called to do it um, to my own capacity. And that's probably the biggest thing. Um, I do have a beautiful re- reminder in my husband um, to put myself first um so that that's been a really good thing that's probably given that sort of groundedness um but if you have the ability I mean I love baking for people I don't profess to be a great cook but like who doesn't love something on their front door I'd love someone to make me something oh and just say here's dinner so I think we do it's it's typical love languages is isn't it we do what we wish we have we show our love in the way that we love to be loved. Um, yeah. And I think the point that I'd take, and I'd really love the listener to hear this, this isn't about being a doormat and just people constantly taking advantage or taking from you. This is a mindful, intentional contribution back to the community and, as you say, to your capacity. And I think that is the key here because some people can become martyrs by constantly giving. And I feel like there's a little edge of expectation and behind that. And we all know expectation creates frustration. I think the one thing we can all take from you today, my love, is that you do it with love and no expectation, except the one thing I did hear you say is, wouldn't it be nice if you could hand that forward? You didn't say give it back. You said hand that forward. And I think that's one of your greatest gifts, my love, is to teach us all. You're probably the ripple effect. You're that drop that falls into the pond and then it ripples all out beyond. If someone wanted to follow you and see your magic and understand all the beautiful things that you offer this world, where can people connect with you? And would you mind again uh, just explaining your role at McGrath if people were interested in buying property on the Sunshine Coast, maybe they're a local and they're thinking about selling, please give us a little plug as to what we can do and how we can follow you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So I am across Instagram, TikTok, Facebook as Amy Bennett McGrath. Um, LinkedIn, I love connecting with like-minded businesses, is Amy Veronica Bennett, I think it is. Um, Loving TikTok for business. If you're afraid of it, please do it. Um, Definitely my role is as a sales specialist, so I help clients to sell their property along the width and breadth of the Sunshine Coast. If I don't specialise in your area, it's likely I will know the best person to refer you to. Equally so, I love giving free education for buyers, tenants, landlords, investors, connecting you with building and pest inspectors, Colin Mason and his team, uh, anything and everything, tradespeople. My time at the chamber taught me to have a phenomenal network. Um, so I always like to, Kim, be, I guess, you know, I, I probably get about 10 messages a day helping people um, in, in whatever capacity. So like I say, it may be hints and tips to secure a rental property on the coast. It may be financial planning, um, any, anything like that. Again, I don't have all the answers, but I commit to always coming back to people and giving them um I guess my um, humble opinion and also recommendations of people that I've continued to know, like, and trust in business. How beautiful. And what's the website for McGrath? Let's give them a plug too. Yeah. So if you go to mcgrath.com.au, you will see the amazing company that I work for, 123 offices, nearly 900 sales professionals across the whole Eastern Seaboard and even down in Little Tassie now. Oh, how amazing is that? There's a pretty magical place to go and be as well. You know, if there was a final message for this beautiful listener, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being so open and vulnerable, raw and real, but also the shining light that you are. Pink hair just is absolutely you. It radiates. I love everything about you, my love. But if there was the listeners sitting here, you know, taking this all in, what would be your final message? And what is your favorite quote right now? Mm, I've had the same quote for so long. Uh, My favorite quote, and I guess it um, segues into my final message, is get curious, not furious. Four magic words from the amazing Karen Hanna, which saved my bacon many a time in pharmacy, but has always allowed me in any situation, personally, professionally, to take a deep breath 
and to put myself in the other person's shoes, to think about how they got to where they are, maybe why they think that that's the way that they see the situation. Yeah, that's my little magic four words. I think it's powerful. Get curious, not furious. Wow. Beautiful, Amy. Thank you. I love you so much. And it's so nice to see your smiling face and to be a part of your world. Thank you for everything you give to our community, for what you bring to the Sunshine Coast, for who you are as a wife and a provider and a fur baby mama and all that you offer on behalf. And I'd like to acknowledge your mum. You've referred to her a few times in here. And there is just something very special about having a mum that is your heroine, your inspiration, and your rock, your your biggest supporter. So here's to your beautiful mum, a shout out to her, but thank her wholeheartedly for creating you. Amy Bennett, thank you for being on the self-love podcast and the Sunshine Coast. Thank you, Kim. Love you so much as well. Thank you for all you do, you beautiful woman. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.